11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Jimmy Maurer. Jimmy, how's it going? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, let's just go back in time a little bit. Uh, what, what was your first memory of playing soccer? Ooh, early memories. That would be, uh, yeah, the, the earliest probably combination of like just playing, you know, 3v3 at like the local YMCA, being like five or six years old. And then, uh, the other big memory is just chasing around my older brother while at his games and just playing on the side, uh, trying to trying to be like him. Yeah, for sure. And just going into uh, like high school and your club career, did you get to play um, both? I always ask everybody because it's always different. Yeah, so when I was growing up, uh, yeah, everyone played both. Um, and for me, it, it worked out really well. So I, mean, I played for a, a really competitive club team when I was growing up um but you know then it would shut down for high school so my, my club coach was really smart and was like hey like go play in the field in high school because it's not maybe it's not the best level but like at least you'll work on your your foot skills and, and understanding the game and stuff so I actually played like midfielder and forward for my high school team and then goalkeeper for you know my club team and, and the, you know college recruiting process Gotcha. Yeah, that that's funny you said that because I forgot who else I had on. Like it was another goalie, and they said the exact same thing about playing the field, like for their high school team, and then playing goalie for the club team. Uh, how did how, yeah, no, a bunch a bunch of guys have done it? It's, yeah, uh, and, and it makes sense. Just like you're you're athletic, it's a good level, but it, you know it helps you develop a little bit better than than just uh, when you're you know training and playing goal. Especially when I was growing up, it was only you know twice a week training with your club team basically so i mean it, it's not like it is nowadays with these academies where they get to train five days a week um so yeah any any extra stuff on your own any like way to be creative to develop always helped yeah for sure and then how did, how did you become like a goalie like how did you how did that happen i really don't remember any specific moments it was uh you know when i look back on it i think it was just more like natural not that not that it was ever a decision but it was you know i think when i was growing up we even did quarters when i was younger and not you know like when the art you did like quarters instead of halves and mm-hmm. so i would play one quarter and then a little bit older i would play a half um and then it got to the point where i was just like the best goalie on the team so any big games i would play the full game and then you know it's always fun to to be successful and, and do what you're good at. So I think I just realized that was, I was good and just slowly did it more and more until it was kind of a full-time thing. Yeah, for sure. 
And then what about, uh, like, when did you notice, was there like a time when you were younger or maybe it was in college? Like, did you notice like you were better than like the rest of the people? Uh, I mean, you just, I don't know that it was so much like awareness as much as just, you just kept trying to be on the best teams, you know, in that time it was making the ODP team was a big step and Mm -hmm. then trying to make the region team. So, you know, at at first I didn't make the ODP team. So that was a big goal. And then I made uh, that, you know, the Georgia state ODP team. And so then after doing that for a couple of years, the goal was to make the region team. So it just was kind of step by step, just trying to do more and more, uh, just always get better. And then, you know, by that time it's the, college recruiting process and trying to get recruited to a good D1 school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, now that's what I was going to go into next. Like what was your recruiting process like? And then tell me like what your final, like, I don't know, three schools were. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I was on a really good, uh, club team growing up. I was always fortunate to my, my dad and mom were really supportive and drove me all around Atlanta to try and help be on good teams, even if it was driving an hour to practice and stuff. So, um, through that, you know, we were, we won the region one year when I was in high school and, you know, we're always in the, in the big showcase tournaments, uh, fortunately. So I was pretty heavily recruited. I had a lot of people calling. Um, I remember my dad was like super organized, had this huge binder of, <laughs> of all the letters and different things. Um, but yeah, the final three that it came down to just cause I, I, for the most part, wanted to stay in the Southeast. Um, mm-hmm. obviously I wanted to go somewhere on a scholarship. So people that were offering scholarships, um, and so it came down to UNC Wilmington, Duke, and South Carolina. And then, you know, all three, you know, awesome schools in their own rights. And uh, it really just came down to, you know, the total package South Carolina was offering. And I just I really was so focused on soccer and I wanted to play right away. And uh, South Carolina and UNC Wilmington were the ones that were really offering a chance to play right away, where Duke they kind of had a system where you always redshirted as a freshman and then the senior would be a starter and then they kind of cycle. So if you're sophomore year, you'd start playing. And, um, so for, you know, for better or, or uh, good, that, that was kind of my decision process at the time. I just, I just wanted to play so bad. So, uh, South Carolina offered me an awesome package and I was just super excited and I ended up having a great experience. So I'm, uh, you know no no regrets yeah for sure and then yeah just tell me like what what your overall experience was at south carolina like on and off the field oh it was amazing it was amazing i mean south carolina is an awesome place to go to school mm-hmm. um just in terms of it's a college town even though it's in the, the capital it's you know very uh, university oriented, the campus is beautiful. And then, I mean, just being an SEC athletic program, I mean, the facilities are just ridiculous, you know, I mean, they, they just do everything top of the line. Um, and the soccer program, you know, the branding facilities now from when I was there that, uh, you know, they got like stadium seating video room, uh, you know, hydrotherapy room, a beautiful weight room that looks out onto the stadium field. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that just coupled with, uh, I was able to actually, um, go to South Carolina with three of my best 
buddies from my club team. We were a really good club team, and all four of us went together. So we, we were college roommates all four years, and uh, it was it was just awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. To, yeah, just go your your teammates to the, the college. That's awesome. And then yeah, just going into like the MLS draft. Uh, I know you were you were drafted in the sub- supplemental draft. Was there like a reason you was there? Did you have like a restriction on you that you couldn't get drafted in the the regular drafts? No, no. I, I think it was uh, just one of those things. I, I don't think I had a great uh, combine mm-hmm. necessarily. And, uh, you know, we we had a great experience, but as in as a program, we we, we didn't uh, you know go far in the NCAA tournament. Our record wasn't wasn't uh, you know exemplary as a college team, and mm-hmm. I never got called into any like youth national camps or anything. So you know, it it was what it was. I was super excited to get drafted at all, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I know. I, was, I mean, it was just cool to be to be called. I didn't I didn't go to the draft or anything because I, I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know if I was going to be drafted. I didn't know, but uh, obviously, yeah. I was hopeful. And then, yeah, I, I I you know saw the name come up, uh, falling on Twitter or something, uh, and, and then got the call. Um, to yeah. you know, get the flights organized. So. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, obviously, there's only two spots, or was there? Yeah, like two spots per team for goalies. Yeah, back mm-hmm. then, it, yeah, the rosters were smaller. It was it yeah. was a different time to, uh, yeah, try and be the the. I'm trying to sound like the old guy on the team, but I tell these young guys now how how uh, lucky they are because all these all the MLS teams have reserve squads. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a much more full like pathway. Um, for guys now, which is awesome. But yeah, back then it was, you know, teams were either carrying two or three, and then you had like three or four pool goalkeepers. So the a lot of them last teams were carrying less goalies because they would they would tap into the pool goalkeepers if they needed to. Um, and then yeah, there was no like MLS teams didn't have USL teams at the time. The yeah. USL was pretty condensed as well. That was the year that USL and NASL split. So I think there was like eight. And ten between USL and NHL, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, no, there, there wasn't uh, just wasn't as many as many opportunities back then. So, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out for me with the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got released at the end of preseason. Um, but, uh, but I mean, end up end up being you know maybe blessing in disguise, as they say. I was able to get hooked on with the Atlanta Silverbacks mm-hmm. and play 17, 18 games as a you know first year pro, which a lot of guys don't get that opportunity. So it was again great for my development just to get thrown into the fire and, and get games at, at a pro level right away. Yeah, for sure. And then you uh, established yourself with the New York Cosmos. Um just what what was it like playing for them? Uh, I know like Pele played for them, I believe, right back in the day. Yeah, I mean it was just such a unbelievable experience my my five years there was it was just awesome i mean it was really unique um just a lot of guys kind of getting second chances mm-hmm. at different moments in their careers um and just a new club trying to bring bring that club back um from yeah i mean just the the top of the world heights that they were at in, in the late 60s early 70s and, um yeah, being able to meet Pele a couple times at, at dinners and when he came to some games. I mean, we were able to travel all around the world um, for some really unique events. And I was able, you know, super lucky to be teammates with 
some absolute legends like Raul and Marco Sena, and, you know, and just the, the amount of guys that have played at such great clubs that were able to pass through there. And, uh, it was just a, just an incredible experience for me. So much, yeah. you know, learning went on, being able to just listen to these guys talk about their experiences and, and be able to learn from them on the field and play with them. Um, and then even just, yeah, culturally being able to travel, going to Hong Kong, we were able to, be one of the first people to to go into Cuba, play a game after uh, Obama opened relations back up. Uh, you know that was that was crazy. I mean, Pelé yeah. there, Carmelo Anthony was on our private plane going down there, and uh, yeah, just, that's, just some yeah, that's some crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that like what was that like? Just playing for the Cosmos did that just keep you like motivated to get back to the MLS? Yeah, no, I mean, it's the motivation for every player. You always just want to play at the highest level you can. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's always steps along the way. And I think the best mindset for anybody is taking it one step at a time. You know, like guys talk about, you know, you want to go play in Champions League or World Cups, of course. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you got to go step by step. And maybe you don't make it, but, you know, you keep pushing, just be successful and you know, to the, achieve as much as you can. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like then that's from the Cosmos. Yeah. It's like, you want to step up and go to the MLS, you yeah. want to go to Europe, but of course the MLS is that first step. Um, and you know, I'm getting to an age now where yeah, Europe probably won't happen, but, uh, yeah, you just keep pushing on and, and trying to get as, as high as you can with, with what you're, uh, with what you're given. Yeah, for sure. So to, 2017 uh fc dallas signed you so how how did that like all come about like they were they like scouting you from the cosmos yeah i mean i i had a relationship with some of the coaches i mean it's a super small world yeah um the soccer world but you know we skipped over some things that happened that are just you know kind of crazy in terms of small world stuff but because like after the silverbacks i went down to chile and then when i came back i actually was in preseason with the colorado rapids and um, Oscar Pereja was the coach there. Um, and ended up again getting released right before the season started. But Wilmer Cabrera was the assistant. Wilmer Paul knows Gio, who's the head coach of the Cosmos, to help me get there. And then when I end up going to Dallas, it's Oscar is in Dallas. And, and uh, so then I, I signed with Dallas from there. And so I had known Oscar a little bit from Colorado, but then also the goalkeeper coach here in Dallas I had spent time with when I was younger, um, he was coaching in Atlanta. So uh, it's it's always just super small world, the connections you make, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just that's why it's always so important for everybody, you know, just to always always carry yourself the right way, whether you're getting cut or, or signed or whatnot, because it's, you know, actions, actions build your character and, and you just always need to be carrying yourself and, Things, things like that have worked out for me in the long run. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Yeah, definitely. So I know. So the Red Bulls, you got to like sit in on one game, right, in two thousand eleven. Yeah, I mean, even so. that was crazy. So like, yeah, 
carrying a few yeah. goalies, and one guy goes with the, it's a, I think it was a FIFA window, maybe he went with the national team, another guy got a concussion, and so they had just released me a couple weeks before, I'm, I'm just about to sign with the Silverbacks, and I get the call, um, and yeah, they just needed someone to basically sit on the bench, mm-hmm. um, for one of their games because they didn't have a goalie and I guess I don't I think maybe like they didn't even the league hadn't even signed the pool goalkeepers yet. It was the yeah. first game of the season. So um yeah it was, it was a really weird one, but yeah. you know, you're like, sure, why not? So yeah, so how so how crazy was it to get back like six, seven years later and then you got to play in your first MLS game in two thousand eighteen? Yeah, no, I mean it was crazy, but at the same time like it wasn't crazy at all. You know, yeah. It's just this natural process. You're just working hard, taking things step by step. And so, I mean, that's what I've been working for was just to get that next step and next opportunity. Um, and so it's it really just another game. Like, I didn't think about it too much. You're just mm-hmm. grinding through preseason, gelling with the team. And then, yeah, that opportunity came. And uh, I was just excited to, to take it. Yeah, definitely. And then how's your experience been with? uh fc dallas i know you just got an extension too so congrats on that yeah thanks no it's been it's been awesome it's been awesome i mean it's a it's a, it's a really good club here that just really well well run i mean uh you know we're, we're not the flashy club of, of the league we're one of the originals and and you know it, we we keep things you know pushing through the academy but i really enjoy it i enjoy helping the trying to you know do what i can to help the younger guys along and just make myself as important as I can to the team, you know, both on and off the field uh, with performance on the field, but mm-hmm. also just, you know, helping push this pathway in this, uh, you know, the club model. It's to develop young players, help push them on, um, and, and at the same time be competitive on the field and push for playoffs and, and try and try and win some trophies. So hopefully we can uh, – you know, do that, uh, do that soon here is, is push and, and have a little bit more success on the field. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Uh, sure. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see if I am or not. <laughs> uh, what, what's the most important quality or skill uh, you feel that made you, made you successful as a pro player? I think the most successful or like the trait that's made me successful is just my desire to learn um i just always want to keep learning i think learning is growth and uh in in even things that aren't soccer necessarily but just having that mindset to try and improve uh you know little things even taking things step by step but just always always going for you know learning something new uh you know, getting better, whether it's physically, mentally, you know, mm-hmm. in the personal life, sporting life, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Oof, it's probably a lot. <laughs> but, uh, man, that's a really tough question. <laughs> the biggest mistake pro players are making. Oh, man, I'm not like a super critical guy. All right, I... I I don't know. This, this is probably maybe not the biggest mistake, but this is a mistake, I, I, I guess. Uh, is is sometimes you know, pro players we, we get to where we are because of such such great ability. Um, I think sometimes we can be almost too patient, where guys, you know, ex- expect oh like my opportunity will come or oh this will this will come, and and sometimes it 
it needs to be a little bit more cutthroat, especially like here in, in the U.S. Maybe where it's that hunger to to really force your way in and, and really not wait for your chance, but push to kind of demand for your chance, and not not by words, but just with your actions, with with your daily attitude, your your daily grind, and uh, just you know really showing it with relentlessness mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, what advice would you give a, a young player? trying to like make a pro league or like trying to get a scholarship to college? Uh, I think one of my biggest advice would be kind of a similar vein would just be, you know, how much can you show your character through your actions? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's even details like even on the field body language. Like how do you, how does your body language react in bad moments? Like when your team gives up goals, are you a guy that's throwing your hands in the air? Are you a guy that that stays focused? Is just is trying to push the team on? Um, you know, it's it's things like body language goes such a long way uh, in your own mentality, and also just to help help in the in the team aspect. But also, coaches really notice that stuff and, and really see that. And that. You know, just really trying to get down to improve yourself even on those those details um because every detail matters yeah definitely all right these next two could be soccer related or, or life related okay uh what's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't oh my gosh <laughs> getting, getting like to this uh on those tiktok or instagram <laughs> things i've seen uh not really a big conspiracy theory guy. All right. That could, that could be something uh, right there. Just conspiracy theories in general? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, here, here's a soccer-specific one that is like, is, this isn't anything new. I'm not trying to claim this, but this is it's been people have been talking about it more lately, so I'll just add on. But uh, the, the near-post myth of, of goalkeeping of – uh, you know, it's still widely believed, like, you know, from an angle, goalkeeper shouldn't be beat at the near post. And it's, you know, it's just such a fallacy. It's, uh, no matter where you are, whether it's central or not, you change your angle, of course, but you always are trying to protect as much goal as possible. So if it hits off the post and goes in at your near post, that's a good goal. It doesn't matter if it's near post or far post. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last one of the Quincy questions. Uh, what is something you'd move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? I don't really have a lot of doubts in what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I li- All right, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think because I'm like I'm trying to think of stuff that I've like thought about and then decided not to do. Like, yeah, at some point I need to get a new car because my car is like a 2007. But <laughs> I just, I don't want, I just don't care. I just don't want that new payment. So yeah. I don't, but that's not something I'm afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you seem like you're a pretty calm guy. Honestly, that might be something that I, but that's something I need to work on, to be honest. I need to, I, I, I can probably be overly calm. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> like let loose with a first instinct uh, and, and be, I don't know. Yeah. 
there can, there's there can be times where emotion where emotions good in, in certain moments in life and sports hmm. um where yeah i try and be analytical and trying to evaluate moments and what 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 the best process or what what a situation needs um and and maybe that maybe i maybe i could be uh, a little more reactive in, in moments yeah for sure i got to I got a bonus question I just thought about. So you're a goalie, and I don't have that many goalies on. So are you ever like, uh, if you ever like, let's say you let up a goal, has have you ever been like, wow, that was like, that was like a great shot, or or vice versa? Has anyone ever came up to you and been like, yo, that was a great save, and it was the guy that shot it on you? Oh, absolutely, but yeah, both those things absolutely. <laughs> I am, I am 100 percent like always thinking about what I can do better. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think there is definitely room as a goalkeeper to not overanalyze like like i was saying goalkeeping i i like to think of things in percentages a lot in terms of like probabilities and and whatnot where it's like i'm trying to keep as many goals out as possible Mm -hmm. to make every save i can but there's certain if a guy smashes it from 14 yards off the crossbar down right next to the post you know, I think at the end of the day, you have to sometimes think, oh, man, I okay, if I save that, it's because I've got to be cheating. And so then I'm giving up something else. So <laughs> I'd rather get beat on that one than cheat and be able to save it. But then next time an easier one goes in somewhere else. So um, I definitely tip my hat to someone on, on, a, on a great shot. And there's definitely mm-hmm. some cool moments in games where you make a big save and uh, – that you know that forward comes up to you and, and kind of gives you a little shove like a little joke like yeah. oh man you i can't believe you man yeah. so, uh, so definitely both what about do you do you have any like do you have like a favorite save ever favorite save ever i've definitely had some ones that yeah that like kind of stick out i had a cool double save against philadelphia union a couple of years maybe 2018 that was really cool um it was up to like save of the year um, it's sometimes one of those things too. It's like it was the, the first save. A lot of times, double saves for goalkeepers. It's because you you don't do well with the first save. So uh, it's always an interesting one. But but yeah, I mean, I was able to kind of just scramble and stick a a pile, as they say, and, and so that was cool. And then there was actually one against uh, in an Open Cup game when I was with the Cosmos. We were playing against Red Bulls in Red Bull Arena, where uh, they were beating us pretty good, actually, but they came down in the box and uh, kind of passed it across like the six twice. And I think it ended up being like Grella and got the ball. And then he pulled it back to like the PK spot. And I was at the post with Grella and I literally pushed off the post and flew across the goal and just like went full spread and, and made a save off the goal line. Um, and it was basically like an open goal. So that was, that was one of my better ones for sure that, that, that I'll remember. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are, are you ready for some fun questions? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite food? Favorite food? Yeah. I love a, like, just, uh, like, out of stadium or out of park, soft pretzel. Like, a right. really good soft pretzel. It's just, uh, you gets it for me. You dip it in cheese or, in mu- or mustard? Neither. Just, no, just, just plain? Just lightly salted. If it's hot, it's got a good like crust on it. We're, we're good. All right. What about? Uh, have you done like a lot of jersey exchanges? 
I I usually just do jersey extensions with guys I know. Okay. Okay. So who? So who's somebody that you want to do it with that you haven't done it with yet? In the league, maybe Guzan. We went to the, we went to the South Carolina vote. He, I mean, he's obviously a legend, like national team guy and stuff. And uh, <laughs> maybe his. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Um, last one. Uh, what do you like to do in your free time when you're not playing or training for soccer? Uh, free times, you know, most of it's spending time with family. Mm-hmm. We've got four awesome kids, beautiful wife that uh, we stay busy for sure. And then other than that, I mean, I'm working on my MBA, trying to look into some other, some like consulting side business stuff. And uh, yeah, just I, I try and read as much as I can, listen to the podcasts and and just trying again like personal growth and, mm-hmm. and just trying to always be prepared always learn learn something new is always cool yeah that's dope well jimmy i appreciate you coming on and uh could you let the listeners know where they could follow you on social media uh yeah i'm on the the standard instagram and twitter both are the same at jim's mauer um and yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't really do Snapchat or TikTok at this time, <laughs> but who knows? All right. Always room to, to do something new at some point. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash radio. That's PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.